Welcome to Plugged In, Con Edison's podcast about all things to do with energy. I'm your host, Philip O'Brien. It's February, probably the coldest month, maybe the bleakest for some people. It's also the shortest month, but in that brief time, our collective culture squeezes in celebrations for love, candy, and romantic dining on Valentine's Day, commemorations and a day off from work for two of our most famous presidents, and the entire 28 days of the month for Black History. With all that has happened across our country since Black History Month in 2020, we thought it a good idea to talk not only about the many achievements of Black Americans across many areas, but also what Black History Month is meant to really be about. What's that got to do with energy, you might ask? Well, Con Edison is an energy company and also employs thousands of Americans, black, white, and in between. Our guests are some of those employees. Nikolai Wolf is an attorney in Con Edison's law department and Christiana Ambo Jones, a manager in energy efficiency. And also joining us is Lance Becker, vice president of Staten Island Electric Services. Welcome to you all. And I just wanna start with Lance. Black history and black historical figures were part of the reason why you chose your career path in energy. Could you explain that for us? Yes, definitely. So uh, thinking back, um, I must have been fifth or sixth grade, we had to do papers on uh, prominent uh, figures in history. I actually chose Granville T. Woods. The reason why I chose him was that, you know, I heard that he was an inventor, engineer, so I was really intrigued about some of the things that he did. And as I started um, going through my, uh, my research, I realized that Here's a person that had, he was an electrical and a mechanical engineer, had over 60 patents in the U.S. And some of the work that he did, I was very interested in. One of it was actually the telegraph. From, from there, it kind of spun my interest into really taking that path of in, into um, engineering, which from there led me to take the test for Brooklyn Tech. From the, and, then from, and after Brooklyn Tech, you know, majored in electrical engineering, everything took off from there. Um, for me that what was real important for me now was that how do I give back on that? So now I started getting involved with tutoring, a lot of outreach programs. I did a lot of um, work with, with, um, in the community and it really helped me understand why some of the students in my neighborhood didn't really want to take a path because they were nervous about math, they were nervous about engineering, uh, they thought it was too hard. But now for me to actually share my experience and for folks to see somebody look like them taking that path made it a lot easier for them to, to go down that road. Um, one of the other person that played a big part in my development in my career choices was Roberto Clemente. What does Roberto Clemente has to do with um, STEM and engineering? Not much, but, you know, and it had nothing to do with that. He was a um, Hall of Fame, a baseball player. It was more in the line of, what he stood for. You look at what, uh, you know, he could have been an athlete that just went ahead, you know, lived a lifestyle, but he gave a lot of his time back to charities in Latin America and the Caribbean. And if you look at how he passed away, he was actually dying a, a plane crash as he was responding to or delivering supplies to folks in Nicaragua that would just suffer from an earthquake. And as I was thinking about, you know, just some, just how funny life is. He, he, my one of my idols responded to an earthquake event 
And back in 2017, I was called upon to lead a group of um, employees for the restoration down in, in Puerto Rico. And our staging area was actually the Roberto Clemente baseball stadium. So it really tied in and it really, really pulled the whole story together for me. That's a great story, Lance. Thank you for that. Christiana, how do you define Black History and Black History Month? Sure. So I think Black History, you know, it is history like everything else. But the I think the important shining a light on Black History, especially having a Black History Month, we don't have other history months, um, is because the contributions of, of Black people in history has not been fully told. I don't think all of the positive, especially contributions that Black people have made have been told, especially in the American story. And that's an important story to tell. Just piggybacking on what um, Lance said, these are the very stories that inspired him to become the person he is today. So looking at future generations and people who, looking for people who look like you in history is important. It's important inspiring um, people to believe, to dream, and to hope. So I think Black history, shining a light on that and taking a special amount of time to do that because of the story that we've told being incomplete is very important. And Nikolai, would you tell us what role do corporations have in supporting Black History Month? Definitely. Philip, you know, first I want to tell you, I love your podcast. Appreciate you having us on here today. More than a role, I think companies have a responsibility uh, to foster a culture that openly acknowledges and celebrates the diversity of its employees and to do so beyond just uh, culturally significant periods. To me, that means companies should support employees in a genuine and visible way. And when I say support, I specifically mean that companies should create resources that empower employees to openly express their cultural identity with pride and without fear or stigma. Uh, during Black History Month, for example, employees should have platforms and pathways to connect with allies within their organization and really communicate the, the aspects of their culture that they find more important to share. We've been highlighting Black History Month, I think now for nearly officially, maybe like some 50 years. And in all that time, I for one do not think more has happened between one Black History Month, one February, and the next one as has happened since February of 2020. What are your thoughts on that? I think what happened last year that was really important was that the world was at pause, right? We had this pandemic and everyone was watching. No one was out about doing their own thing. Everyone had a chance to see, which I think was very, very instrumental um, in how you know the cause advanced. So everyone could see it was all on social media and it had everyone's attention at the same time. So I think that really elevated the cause and spiraled a lot of action around that. And it's important to have the conversation. And we started doing that last year with Build and DNI working on building bridges, Build being Black United in Leadership and Development, ERG, Employee Resource Group at Con Edison. So we started to have those conversations and those conversations are very important. I think sharing perspective and sharing experience is one of the biggest ways we can advance any cause. Because um, a lot of people were just not aware that that was someone else's experience. They had never had that themselves. And I think having those conversations are critical. Lance? Okay, so definitely ties in with what's been happening in society, right? The unfortunate thing is that it took an event like George Floyd and some of the other, Breonna Taylor, and some of the other events that happened last year to bring out, you, you know, I guess the, the social consciousness. There, 
So, so for me, it's, it's a real tough subject because, you know, I've lived through a lot of events and, and when you start having folks just even communicate on some of their experiences, it, you know, and then, and now we have a platform where we can actually speak more openly about it because at one point you did not feel comfortable because either you were told that, you know, you're making too much of it, you're living too much in the past, this doesn't happen anymore, and you're seen as a success story, so this doesn't happen to you, but when you really start going through and highlighting and really speaking about it, you realize how wide this really is. So I think that, you know, just, just by being on the forefront, you know, it's in the news, it's not being dismissed or put to the side, that's why I think that you might see, like, a lot of events taking place and a lot more heightened awareness um, that, that folks are actually addressing at this point. And Nikolai, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'll just add to that, that um, at Con Edison, I think we are masters of the response. Um, and it just so happens that most often it's things that are happening environmentally. And ironically, this year, we saw that the galvanizing force behind much of our action was, like Lance said, the, the murder of George Floyd or the COVID-19 uh, disparate impacts on the black community, et cetera, et cetera. And what we saw was when we were hosting courageous conversations and we were using builds platforms to really have an echo chamber for communication that many of the participants weren't even black. And I think what that showed was that through challenges that are happening outside, our employees can get together and start the conversations inside and really get uh, a more sympathetic and empathetic understanding of, of each other's perspective. So it was great. Just before um, this February, in January, the United States inaugurated a new president. And at the inauguration, we saw or probably an unparalleled display of diverse American culture. Everyone from Lady Gaga and JLo to the Reverend Dr. Sylvester Beeman to Garth Brooks, and of course, Amanda Gorman, the poet. I'd like to get feelings from each of you about that event. Let's start with Christiana. Sure, I would say that diversity was on display and it was beautiful to watch. Um, I think that the, the most rewarding um, part about this for me was my daughter who is in um, first grade coming home and saying, oh, mom, I saw this, this, this um, young lady saying a poem and you know, she looks just like me. So being able to have, again, something that you can relate to, whether you're black, you're white, whether you're a boy or you're a girl, I think that was very, very good to see at a national level. Nikolai? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, it's probably not often that you'll see Lady Gaga and Garth Brooks at the same event, but uh, <laughs> I think uh, for, for the purposes of uh, a swearing in that's supposed to represent, you know, uh, the pinnacle of our democracy, to see diversity on such a, a display, I think is, is encouraging. And if it's a signal of what's to come, then I think we should all be inspired to, to, to do more. I, I, I fully agree. And, and I remember sitting back with um, a group of um, employees and we were talking about that's how it should be. I, I, I hate to say that something like that will sit there and say, wow, look at that, that that's extraordinary. But that's how it should be. It, it really should be that way. That shouldn't be anything special. And that just shows that how much work we need to still do because what should be you know, something that's pointed out is like, well, why don't we have diversity? 
Why is it just a certain group of folks that's there? Why is only a certain group of people that's represented? That's where we should be saying, that doesn't seem right. Or that's something special. What we saw at the inauguration, that's what this, co this country was built on. That's how it's supposed to be every single day. So I, I, you know, I appreciate it. I really enjoyed it. But that's how it's supposed to be in my eyes. And, and your point speaks to what Christiana said at first, is that someday we don't need to say Black History Month. It's just history that we're talking about. Um, the Black story is as American as every other story, um, and we should celebrate it as such. I'm not saying that we should do away with Black history. I think it's good to shine a light, but we should have history of, of all other cultures and all other all, of, all other diversities as well. So definitely, I think the biggest advancement is seeing how is seeing that we can actually talk about history with all its color and all its contribution. What would you like to see celebrated or what would you like to see highlighted in February of 2022? Uh, I think by 2022, um, my, my real sincere hope is that like we would have pushed the conversation so far along that uh, the, whether it's February, March, April, or May, that the achievements of Americans are highlighted in a way that gives access and inspiration to little to everyone who sees it. Um, where we can talk about the texture of America being diverse. Like if we think back, we, it's very rare that we describe George Washington as a white president. He was just a president and a general. But if we look back in history, how will we describe President Obama? Is he going to be the 44th president or the first black president? Uh, we're going to relegate his, his contributions to history just through a narrow lens. Um, so I think in, in two, three years, I really hope the conversation is more of one that the language that we use really reflects the diversity of, of our country and, and where we hope to get to, which is a level playing field for everyone that participates in our society. And for a person like me, that my whole life has been about team. And, you know, it, it's never that the, the white people on this team one and the black people, it's the team one. And when I would like to see all of us, you know, where we're talking about or where we, where we are next year at this time is about where America has won. What we've done together to really, you know, learn from each other because we have a lot of, of exposure to different cultures it, or, you know, from around the world. I mean, we, we have everything here. And if we utilize that and, and, and learn from that and build on it, there's, no, there's nothing that we can't achieve. And I think that once we get through some of these um, stumbling blocks or these, these minor um, roadblocks that we put in front of ourselves and understand, you know, our potential, I, 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 will, I would say that Next year, we're talking about look where we came from, look where we are, and look where we're going. And that's all because of us working together as one, one people, one country, one, one, you know, we're citizens of the U.S. That's where I want to see us. So the one thing that I would like to say is that, you know, when this all started and we were talking about the uncomfortable conversations and folks were saying, well, that's not something we normally do at work. And I always challenge, I said, no, we do that work, but only with people that we're comfortable with. So once we get moving forward and we become comfortable with each other where these conversations are just regular conversations, I think we'll be in a better place. Yeah, and the, and the one thing I'll add is that I think that for any company, uh, especially that's a leader in the industry, 
um, like Con Edison that serves a diverse population in New York City, um, our workforce has to really reflect the communities that we serve. And I think that since I've been in a company, Con Ed has definitely made it a priority to recruit uh, from the community, to retain uh, talent within the company that is reflective. And I think having employee resource groups like Build that can host conversations that are difficult, but are necessary, uh, will help ensure that you know, our company is relevant in the years to come and that we don't lose folks because we're afraid to have conversations that are necessary. Um, so yeah, like Lance said, and like Chrissy said, I think that we're in, we're in a good place and we're, we should be optimistic about the future. Agreed. And I'll just end and say, um, and the NI says this a lot, the conversation continues. We started, uh, or we continued the conversation last year and we'll be continuing on for many years to come. And hopefully the direction of that conversation is one that is inclusive, one that is you know, recognizing of all cultures and diversity. And um, we're looking forward to many more years of getting past being uncomfortable. Thank you. Thank, thank each and every one of you. This was a great chat we had. Nikolai Wolf, an attorney in Con Edison's law department, Christiana Ambo Jones, a manager in energy efficiency, and Lance Becker, vice president for Staten Island Electric Services. If you have a comment or question about the program, you can send us an email to podcast at coned.com. We'd love to hear from you. Also, you can follow us on our social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Our handle is at Con Edison. I'm Philip O'Brien. Until next time, stay plugged in.